0: Welcome, everybody. Mike Clayborn here. Dave Matter is our guest today, and we're going to talk to him about a number of things with regard to the University of Missouri. So why don't we do this? We're going to tell you who brings this to you on a regular basis, and we're going to tell you a few other things that are going on with Claibsonline.com. And when we're done with that, we're going to come back and we're going to visit with Dave Matter of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, talking NCAA and certainly talking about the University of Missouri. Stand by. More coming up after this.
1: Munganass St. Louis Acura would like to extend a huge thank you to our healthcare workers and first responders by offering them several service specials, including a free interior detail cleaning. You can call them today to make your appointment and let them help you while you are helping our community. Find them online at stlouisacura.com or give them a call 314-822-2872 for Munganass St. Louis Acura.
2: to get our system back on in a storm situation.
0: Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Mike Claiborne here, of course, on ClavesOnline.com and we are going to talk a little NCAA, some college sports, and we're going to talk about it with Dave Matter of the St. Louis Post Dispatch. He covers everything Missouri related and he's obviously become an expert on the NCAA and how they do business. And first of all, Dave, welcome to the podcast on Claves Online.
3: Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, let's talk. We got a lot to cover. Let's first of all talk about the NCAA and where we are right now because a lot of things have been unfolding over the last few days. Who's going to play, when we're going to play, if we can play, and how many people can watch us play. What's the latest you have with regard to what the NCAA has decided to try and do, or are they going to throw it in the hands of uh, the the presidents in order to help make some of these decisions?
3: Yeah, ultimately – Decisions about playing are going to come down to the conferences and the presidents and the chancellors and the ADs within those schools. But the NCAA, at least on Wednesday, voted their, their Division One council, which is a, a, a panel of 40 people from across college sports from within the, the schools, uh, decided that football, men's basketball, women's basketball athletes can come back to campus as early as June 1st for voluntary summer workouts. Now within all those conferences the conferences then have to decide if it's okay for those, their schools and their leagues to be able to do that and the sec is their chancellors and presidents are, are going to vote on that this friday um and basically the same thing because they have a shutdown through may 31st they'll vote on whether to extend that shutdown into june or to allow their athletes in those three sports to come back to campus as early as june 1st now all that's pending Know, state and local regulations, whatever the, your, your county uh, has set forth as far as social distancing and all those things. Um, but at least the wheels are in motion at the top level to allow these workouts to, to start happening.
0: There's, there's obviously a lot at stake. And when you look at the SEC, many of those uh, universities are in warmer weather cities. And in most of those states, Uh, We're seeing the the regulations being more relaxed with each day. It it seems like they're going to try and find a way to get this done because the other thing is this Dave. There's a lot of money at stake, but they also have to make sure they walk the fine line of not making sure their athletes would be deemed professionals. Because if you don't have students on campus and not having classes and you still have them come on campus, you got another big issue with respect to the NCAA.
3: Yeah, so many issues here that we've been talking about for years in college sports are kind of, you know, coming together here. And that, that topic of, you know, basically making or calling these athletes, not calling them because they never do that, but making them perform jobs as an employee and requiring them to be on campus, um, that's the last thing these colleges want to do. Because then then the athletes can somehow maybe unionize like we've seen the players in all the professional sports, have their own set of rules, Which would lead to from the university side of things a lot of complications that they don't want to deal with um so yeah there's that at stake the financial model of college athletics is all at stake because we don't understand that if there's not a football season um you know just one football season there's a report out by espn um and and they you know got this from some researchers uh, that $4 billion will be lost by these schools combined in, in Division One, And you're talking about the end of some athletic departments nationwide. Just at one season is lost because they're so reliant on the revenue that comes in, uh, and chiefly through ticket sales. Um, so that's why there's a lot of motivation across college football. And, and I think the SEC is kind of the leading candidate or the leading uh, power here, because of those things you mentioned, for one, the weather, and two, the SEC schools are all in these states that have been sort of the, I don't know if you want to call them leaders, but more out front and being more aggressive at opening up their state. So they kind of follow a bit of a political line here too, which is impossible to ignore in all of this. So yeah, there's a lot at stake, a lot on the table. And, um, you know, you just hope that, they're, that everybody is also keeping in mind all the health factors here because there's so many unknowns we still don't know about virus is going to look like come September when when games are supposed to kick off.
0: I want to go back to the NCAA for a minute, and, and you've been covering sports and especially the college sports for a long time, and we've always had our issues with the NCAA. And while I kind of felt that they were at the beginning of the end of their reign, as we know it, do you think this COVID-19 maybe has hastened that that departure? Because at some point, the conferences and the presidents are going to come together and realize that the NCAA is, is hindering them even more in how they run their, run their show. And now with this situation coming up, they may look for the first ripcord and try and get out of this thing, pull the shoot, and move on.
3: You know, I, I, I agree with, with parts of that thinking. I also think if, if the power conferences would want to pull off and do their own thing, they would still have to have some kind of bureaucracy that is like the NCAA. They need some kind of governing body to, to have rules, to host tournaments, to do all the things that the NCAA does that can make it unpopular, but just are, are a necessity to have some kind of you know system in, in place. And I don't know if people at the that are in charge of the individual schools or the commissioners of the conferences want to be able to do that. So there's always would have to be some kind of NCAA it would just yeah. have a different name. So I I, but agree I, do with think, you. I do think you're right. I do think you're right that the the relationship between the schools and the conferences more so with the NCAA, you have sent some tension here. Now inside some of the decisions that were made back in March ended up being the right ones. But when the NCAA, when they scrapped the tournaments, when they just ended spring sports season the way they did, the initial reaction from the schools and the conferences was like, wait, wait a second, you're doing what? You're doing this so quickly? Now, in hindsight, right, everything stopped then. But at the time, there was some tension there. And then that's when you heard some rumblings and some murmurs like maybe these schools are finally going to do this and, and pull away and, and build their own you know, governing body.
0: Let's move on to Missouri for a minute and talk about the program. Uh, The athletic department was already dealing with revenue loss thanks to the NCAA. Here we go again. Uh, They've got a lot of issues at hand already. They've got the new construction, the new facility that's up. Uh, A lot going on in Columbia. And they've got to figure a way, A, to recoup $9 million and also figure a way when this thing is finally decided how they're going to continue to survive survive. And also make sure that they abide by the Title IX uh, laws that are in place as well. Uh, Jim Stirk, when he signed up, uh, do you think he signed up for something like this? Because he's got a lot of balls to juggle right now.
3: Yeah, he is, he's dealt with a lot you know, in a short time as AD, um, and you know the, the NCAA investigation, the academic stuff is probably the biggest one. And then you have a football program that was just kind of running in place and really wasn't making much progress. I think they felt really good about the direction of things. Let's say back in January, February, they had this new football coach, Eli Drink, which was reviving a lot of energy around the state, within the fans, within the high schools. And, you know, they expected to sell more season tickets and, 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 you know, burst into this fall with a lot of momentum and energy and really almost have like a reopening of that South End Zone facility just because last year started off with such a dud. Um, but then you have, you know, the coronavirus come in and just put everything kind of in a holding pattern. And they know now they're not going to sell as many tickets if there is indeed a season as they expected to before all this happened. There's going to be a, a downturn in revenue for ticket sales, for donations, all of that, uh, and they're just going to try to survive the best they can. Um, and and however that happens, um, the hope is that they don't have to make the kind of cuts that would really, really scale back their department, whether that's getting rid of a, a non-revenue team, um, making some major across-the-board cuts to salaries. Uh, at some point, you know, they're they're going to make – people are going to go on furloughs. It's going to happen. There's going to be salary cuts. We've already seen some voluntary salary cuts at the top. Um, but I, I think the the doomsday scenario, and I kind of wrote about this the other day, is is to having to get rid of a whole team. We haven't seen any Power 5 schools do that yet. But even just today, East Carolina got rid of all their swimming programs and uh, got rid of their tennis programs. It's happening all across the country because these schools know they're going to lose out on revenue. Um, Missouri doesn't want that to happen. They don't expect that to happen. But, you know, two months ago, we wouldn't have been having this conversation anyway. So you really just you never know.
0: Yeah. And and each day comes with a different twist to it as well. And, And there's no template. There's no book in the back of the office where you can go to and say, all right, well, I remember when this happened, we can go to page 52 yeah. and get this figured out. Everybody's trying to figure this out on the fly, and that's really the big challenge. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier about uh, the NCA saying everybody, or you can have your workouts. Who's back on campus now, and how much, when we talk about coaching, and we, you know, virtual coaching obviously has become a big fad, uh, because that's the only way, but who is actually doing what now, and I know it's got to be a challenge for Coach Drinkwich and his staff because they barely know each other. I mean, it, it's a real yeah. cluster right now.
3: What Mizzou's been able to do, they're kind of phasing in their staff. Drinkwitch has been in and out of the office. They, they started kind of a schedule of the offensive coaches work in the office in the morning, and the defensive staff comes in in the afternoon. They don't clutter their offices with people. Um, you know, their, their training staff is on site. They, everybody that enters the building have to have their temperature taken and then they get a little sticker on their shirt if if they're, if they're cleared. So everybody else knows, Hey, that guy has a, I think they have a green sticker if they had had a temperature that was cleared. Um, and they're just having to really monitor a lot of things like that. And even they'll have to do that, you know, tenfold once the athletes start coming in. Uh, and you know, these athletes are coming from all around the country. A lot of them went home for uh, these last two months. So there's going to be a lot of monitoring and and testing in place then too. So they're, they're taking it gradually here. The coaches and the administrators who can still work from home are still working from home. I did a, uh, I did a, uh, a zoom interview with Steve Bees of the baseball coach just the other day. And he was, he was sitting in his living room. So he's had to go in a little bit. um, But for the most part, he's been able to work from home. Other people within the department have been able to work from home. Um, But gradually the plan is to get people back on campus once um, you know, that some of these measures pass. The university itself is doing a similar thing with a phased in approach with the top leaders, uh, faculty and staff, um, and, and then some graduate students, too. And they're, they're doing it basically one month at a time and just trying to get back to normal as, as much as possible, and as, as much as possible, you know, the virus allows, too.
0: Dave Matter is our guest. He's with the Post-Dispatch. You use the word normal. I don't know if we'll ever figure out what normal is because there's obviously going to be a new version of that coming up. All right, you mentioned the players and and what they're able to do. You know, with so much going on and a new coach and a new staff and and trying to know who's what – I'll ask you this question. You know, what was Missouri going to be good at? What was a position that you felt was going to be improved? And, of course, the big question for every college program or any football team is quarterback. Uh, Give me an idea of what you thought this team might look like. And I know with Coach Drinkwitz, he he really didn't have a guy. He was looking for a quarterback, and I know he's bringing in a freshman from East St. Louis. I kind of think that, you know, if this young man can grasp any bit of this, the only time you can start a freshman quarterback is when you're new on the job or when you're about to be fired. And sometimes you find some lucky guys in between. So where are we at quarterback wise and what are some of the key positions you think Missouri could be competitive at?
3: Yeah, you know, I think Sean Robinson this year is, I think he's probably got the most upside. He's the transfer from TCU who was a starter. He started eight games at TCU before moving on to Missouri, had to sit out last year, which ended up being a, a bonus for Missouri because um, I don't know if he would have saved the season last year if he could have played. But either way, he's got two years of eligibility, a, a, a true dual-threat quarterback. But they didn't declare any kind of starters coming out of spring because they only had three spring practices. So he'll still have to earn that job. Um, but I think he's – I wouldn't say a clear-cut favorite, but probably the guy that has the most upside of the ones on the roster right now. You know, once, uh, once the East St. Louis quarterback uh, gets on campus next year, then, you know, maybe there's more of a competition there. Um, but we'll see then. As far as strengths of this team, um, running back, I think they should be fine. You get Larry Roundtree back. You know he had a down year last fall, but ran for 1,200 yards as a sophomore, and he's shown he can do it. Tyler Beatty is a really good backup, maybe one of the best in the in the SEC as far as what he's done. Defensively, you know, when you bring back your coordinator, your defensive coach, uh, and and another secondary coach, there should be some continuity there. that made a lot of strides. Season. You bring back your best player, one of your, your one or your first or second best player from a year ago in Nick Bolton, who, who might be a preseason All-American a linebacker. So they should be solid on that side of the ball. And I think that's, you know, that's what you would want if you're going to have to work in some new faces on offense, work in some new receivers. It's going to be a very different looking offensive line after losing, you know, three guys that were starters a year ago. Uh, so it's the offense is still – we just don't know enough. They only have three spring practices. But defensively, I think that's something you can at least lean on to be you know respectable, at least knowing what we know about that group.
0: That's Dave Manner, folks. Don't go anywhere because I've got a lot of things to talk to him about. So we want you to stick around. And pay attention to what's going on as we're here at clavesonline.com. Dave Matter, who covers the University of Missouri for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, is our guest. And we've got some more interesting things to talk about, and we don't want you to miss them. So stand by. We'll be back after this.
1: Munganass St. Louis Acura would like to extend a huge thank you to our healthcare workers and first responders by offering them several service specials, including a free interior detail cleaning. You can call them today to make your appointment and let them help you while you are helping our community. Find them online at stlouisacura.com or give them a call 314-822-2872 for Munganast St. Louis Acura.
2: to get our system back on in a storm situation
0: when you're in the SEC if you're not playing you're recruiting and I know there's been a lot of hype about Eli Drinkwitz and some of the players he's been able to recruit I I like to wait and see them in a uniform when they can actually do something but in your opinion from where you sit who is the best player that they've been able to recruit to commit to Missouri so far
3: well if you just look at the rankings and those things can be overblown sometimes but I I thought it was it was important to get Camion Ford, defensive and pass rusher from Lutheran North. He's the highest-rated guy on their list. And he also, when you look at the offers that he has, um, it, it, it's the most impressive. And that's when you can get a, a really sought-after guy from the biggest market in the state, the most important area, at, at the high school that right now is producing um, you know more D1 guys than, than just about anybody else for a long time. That, that's that's really important So he's right up there And then we, we mentioned You know The quarterback From East St. Louis Tyler Macon Who was He was the Post-Dispatch Offensive Player of the Year As a junior Um, Just put up Ridiculous numbers in, in that offense Over on the east side And you know That's a place That Missouri coaches They've been very hot And cold With, with getting recruits From from that school Over time And some, some years Hey they do really well there Some years They have a tough time Getting in the door It seems like And to get a quarterback Who's obviously the most important position on the field. And he's a guy that's really charismatic. He he wants to bring some teammates with him. He's going to help recruit this class and and future classes. I thought that was just really important to get that early. And he he committed the day that the the shutdown was announced, basically. So they got in on him um, at at a really fortunate time.
0: You know, there's so much going on in Columbia as we visit with Dave Matter, who I think has the most challenging media job there is covering a college university, not just the football, not just the basketball, but there's so many other sports that are going on. Give me your impression of crossroad sports right now from this standpoint, can they survive? And also with regard to the direction of the program that, that you speak of, are they going in the right direction or are you concerned about their development?
3: As far as like the Olympic sports,
0: non-revenue. sports? Well, we let's start with basketball and work our way down to yeah. the Olympic sports.
3: Um, you know, I I think men's basketball. The, the thing about this team going forward, you got Konzo Martin going to his fourth year. He's never been in the same the same place four years. He's always been three years in and out of the head coach, and he's going to be bringing back what could be the most experienced team in the SEC. Now, that sometimes that's a really good thing. Sometimes if you're not a very good team, you know, you want to bring in some new blood and they are mostly bringing back their, their team intact. Um, It's a really, really pivotal year for him. Obviously, you know, they haven't made the tournament each, uh, there was no tournament this year, but they weren't going to make it unless they went on a miraculous run down in Nashville, but um, they've been right around 500 under 500 the last two years. It's a really pivotal year for him, but I think he really likes, I know he really likes, The veterans that he's bringing back and expected to bring back, and then a couple pieces that he's added—you know, a graduate transfer point guard, Drew Bugs from Hawaii—that he really thinks can help them in the backcourt. So um, we'll see. But it again, it it is a huge, huge year for him in this program.
0: And when you think about the women's program that had a pretty good run a couple of years ago, are they in transition as well? I know they're starting to get some more players coming in. Yeah.
3: Last year was a real transition year. I think they only won nine games, which is the fewest that program's ever had after going to the NCAA tournament four straight years. But they uh, last year, they had three transfers, D1 transfers, sitting out, watching from the sideline, and they kind of had to um, just grin and bear it and get through the year. Well, it's going to be a very different-looking team this coming season. Uh, Suge Dixon here from our area in St. Louis joins the program as a guard. Uh, Asia Blackwell, who had just an outstanding freshman season. Will get to play kind of a more natural position. Won't have to play as much point guard as she was got forced into doing last year. They've got um, a, a transfer from Australia who is a really good shooter who's, who's going to help them. Um, so they have really reloaded that roster. And I think they expect to, um, you know, be a much more competitive team in the SEC next year. And 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 last year the hope is that last year kind of is just a blip on the uh, on the trajectory of this program and where it's been headed.
0: You know, the, the Olympic sports are obviously a, a, a passion for a lot of people, and I, I wouldn't ask you to decide who goes and who stays, but it, it's going to be a tough decision, as you mentioned earlier, with regard to who is going to be able to survive. Are you getting any sort of vibe on, on what, the university is thinking, not not just the university, but maybe the conference, because there are going to be some sports that may not be as prominent as others, but maybe it's a conference decision across the board on what programs are going to be able to be saved.
3: Yeah, you know, I, 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 the one thing that, that Missouri has going for it, and you can say this about probably every team in the SEC – is they don't rely on university subsidies for the athletic department. A lot of teams in like the Mid-American Conference where you see them losing teams left and right, they rely so much on subsidies. And when you've got enrollment challenges coming forward because of the economy and tuition challenges, uh, that's going to trickle down to athletics. Missouri won't have that, or they they don't expect to because they don't take in money from the university like that. So that's a good thing. Um, But still, there's going to be some trickle down within their own department and these programs that they don't cost a lot of money to run when you're talking about baseball and softball and, and wrestling, but they don't make much money either. So they, they all work at a, at a, you know, at a deficit in compared to what football and men's basketball do. But I think some of the strongest programs in Mizzou are, are these, you know, so-called non-revenue sports, women's volleyball is always a contender in the SEC. Um, softball, very good and they're under a, a fairly new regime with larissa anderson um baseball struggles in the sec they've, they've made some steady progress under steve these they're still looking to make an ncaa regional under him but they are playing in in such a brutal conference when it comes oh, yeah. to college baseball and the SEC. I mean, it you know there are there are SEC schools where baseball is number two behind football instead of basketball. And I, you can't really say that about any programs in the, the Big Twelve or the Big Ten. So it's tough for them, and it always is going to be. Um, wrestling is one that's really in a unique situation. It's, it's Missouri's strongest athletic program, but it also doesn't compete in the SEC because the SEC doesn't have wrestling. They compete in the Mid American Conference, but but they do so well nationally. It has just a powerhouse program that reloads every year. Um, you, if you look on the surface and say, "What is there a team that you 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 have to get rid of for budget reasons and because of Title IX? Well, maybe it's your wrestling program because it doesn't compete in the SEC. But I think that's the except. Wrestling is an exception at Missouri because it is so darn good and it is such a, a, a powerhouse. It's very very popular here in Mid Missouri. And and Brian is is as respected as any coach at Missouri in my time covering Mizzou. I think that place that, that program kinda of takes care of itself.
0: So Yeah, and they'll find um, a way.
3: It, it's yeah, they'll find a way. It it still will be tough though. I mean, everybody's gonna have to trim their budgets and some of those programs they don't have all, all of those programs, they don't have budgets like Conzo Martin has and Eli Drinkwitz has. So it, it'll be tough for some.
0: Final question for Dave Matter of the St. Louis Post Dispatch. You know, you you cover the athletes, you cover the programs, but what about Dave Matter? and how things have changed for you and and how your approach is going to be from this point on, because as we mentioned earlier, normal no longer exists.
3: Yeah, it's been unique. It's been challenging. Um, You know, we really the way to write stories is now is pretty much every interview you do is over the phone. You know, sometimes if you're lucky, you can have someone do a zoom so you can film it and then you can put it on uh, stltoday.com, which we've started doing here a little bit more recently. It's harder when you can't interact with somebody in person and you're not having that, that eye contact and you're really getting to know someone it's harder to tell their story that way. Um, so it's, you know, that's a, a, a slight challenge for our industry, but I, I think we're doing a, we're doing a really good job of still finding stories and finding int- things to write about, you know, personally, we've got, we've got three kids at home that are uh two or school age and have been out of school all, all this during all this time today, actually their last day of classes, home classes, it's been tough, but you know, you just, you persevere, you, you, you get through it. You uh, keep your, you know, uh, pay attention to the news and see what's what's happening next, and uh, you just try to get through it all. But we've uh, we, you try to stick to a routine as best as possible, and and hope that you know in the fall things will maybe get back to some sense of normal.
0: Little did you know, new math and homework would have a whole new <laughs> meaning to you, <laughs> as as you sit around the house with your kids and also try and juggle covering a bunch of sports at the same time.
3: We we try our best. I'm, I'm lucky that my uh, my wife is. She actually works at the kids' school, so she's home with them also, and has been. Uh, she's, she's held it all together for us somehow.
0: They 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 always seem to do that, don't they? Where would we be without the significance in that situation when it comes to raising a family in this crazy business that we found? Hey, Dave, uh, yeah, I, I could imagine. it's always great to visit with you, but more importantly, it's great to, to read your work. Uh, I've said to you countless times, man, I just truly admire what you do and how you do it and how informed you uh, make everyone else and what's going on in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, stay safe, my friend, please, and uh, keep up the great work. And uh, hopefully we'll see each other face to face when the all clear signal goes up.
3: All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Claves. I appreciate
0: it. He's Dave Matter. I'm Mike Claiborne. We thank you for listening, folks. It's been a blast always to talk about what's going on. Dave does a fantastic job when you think about everything that goes on in Columbia, Missouri. He's done a phenomenal job in making sure he keeps everybody informed, and we appreciate him being part of what we do here at ClavesOnline.com. So for everybody here... And for Dave Matter, we thank you for listening and don't forget, stand by for another exciting episode of a podcast that comes your way courtesy of clavesonline.com.